previously on the Dave and Steve show. I uh, did want to point out that he does like to trot out that I only have one kid. I yeah, can I, I can operate on one kidney. It's like the kid, um, the kid in your neighborhood that used to ride everywhere on his bike as a wheelie. Yeah, I had all my junk checked out, and uh, and they said, "Hey, your junk's fine." Uh, Steve, I'm glad you're feeling better. No, nope. nope, don't do that. No, don't. No, I'm glad he's. I'm let's glad not, he's feeling better. Let's not pretend here. We don't care. I yeah. I, I I limped in. To this, uh, to this, ra- this Algonquin round table of <laughs> authors here. I don't. Oh, there was a time when asbestos was a blessing. I mean, we we used to come home and we used to, we used to go out to the asbestos trees and and pick them clean and bring all the asbestos back and we'd process it. And we'd we'd hand it off to the workers and the workers would would sew it all together and they'd make ceilings a mile long. <laughs> That his name no. is not Dark Vader. It would be like saying the guy's name is Bill Norris, the karate fighter, and everybody going, well, no, it's actually Chuck Norris. And you going, why are you being a dick? Saying, hey, hey, looking for a good time? Well, yeah, because I only have one kidney. Right. Anyway, Steve. <laughs> you get that, Dave? <laughs> Show number 33 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me, Amir. 27 miles away is Steve. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Tracy. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I'm still full of turkey. (laughs) Got a question or comment for the show? Email us at thedaveandsteveshow at gmail.com, and we will read it right here on the air and answer your question. So reach out to us. Uh, Do Do we get any emails, Dave? No. Off okay. and running on show number 33 of the Dave and Steve show. Uh, we've been off for a bit. We've been on. Uh, we took a break last week. Tracy put together a wonderful clip show that he also uh, narrated, hosted. I don't know. Narrated, I guess. It's been yeah, nominated for I, a Webby. I, yeah. facili- I facilitated it, really. It yeah. was you yeah. put it together. It was awesome. So if you guys haven't had a chance to go back and listen to it, don't do it while you're eating or while you have recently <laughs> eaten, because one of the stories will definitely turn your stomach. But otherwise, go back and listen to it uh, and enjoy it. It's short. It's digestible. It's about a half an hour long. Um, so go back and, and take a listen if you haven't already. And that is also that's a perfect episode. If you want to turn people on to the show and let them know kind of what the show is about, Send them that episode because it's a half an hour long. They can get through it quickly and they can hear some of the good stories that have come out so far from this sort of first chunk of shows that we did, this first 30-ish shows. I will also say, I want to make sure that we mention this and we're going to continue to hype this throughout the month. If you've never listened to the old show, every year at Christmas time, the gang takes a little trip and it can be to various different locations the last few times, especially the last time we did it, we went to the North Pole, oh and comedy mayhem ensued along with some tragedy. Yes. Oh. And we will just let you know that we are going back to the North Pole this year. The Dave and Steve show is returning to the North Pole, uh, and it's going to be a fantastic show. We always have great surprises. There's always guests. There's always crazy things that happen. So just make sure you we'll keep you abreast as to when we're going to post the Christmas show. But make sure you tune in because it's always a you guys agree, right? That's one of our best shows ever. It's been 10 years since we've been to the North Pole. And um, although not very long ago, we were in Kansas, though, uh, 
but the North Pole, wow, those were special days. And I'm looking forward to going back. And it's, I, I think it's going to be trickier this year, but I still think it's going to be worth it. If they were let we, us back. Were we invited? We were definitely not invited. We're just going to show okay. up. It's been 10 years. It's They've had to have, have had some turnover at the North Pole. So we're going to. We're going to show up guns blazing and see how it goes. I don't know. What kind of turnover? Those elves live for hundreds of years. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a, it's a valid point. Okay, so so I want to I want to start off talking about, because obviously we had a break, and here in the States we had Thanksgiving, and I wanted to ask specifically about something that just came up today on my Facebook feed. So Facebook, as you guys know, you set Facebook to say you want to read the most recent stuff first. You you want most recent. You want to go in chronological order. And Facebook always says, no, we, we, we have a better way. We want you to read the way we want you to read. And so each time you have to say most recent, most recent, if you want it to be that way. Otherwise, it's going to just populate the stuff. From, and so you'll get stuff from a week ago, a day ago, an hour ago, five minutes ago. It's, it's completely random. Right. It's all over the place. Yeah. So just before we started this show, before we started recording... I went to use the bathroom, and while I was using the bathroom, I on the way back, I grabbed my phone because it was sitting on the counter, and I flipped it over and just opened it up, and Facebook happened to be open still, and it refreshed automatically, and there was a picture of Tracy and his three sons all showing their butts right. to a turkey, and so I couldn't help but I thought, well, there must be some kind of reason for this. And I read through the comments, and Amber, your wife, was being very vague about it. She didn't really say what this was. Why were you guys showing your butts to the turkey on the counter? I got to tell you, I'm glad you asked him because I wanted to, but I did not know how I was going to broach the subject. Yeah. So I'm, 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 you just come right out at him. Like, hey, why are you and your boys showing your butts to a dead piece of poultry? That you're about to eat. Yeah. So what's yeah, the story was, there? Um, the, I, I wish I could explain it. You know, when you get up and you have this really crazy dream and you want to tell the first person you see about this dream because it's amazing, but each sort of segment of the dream you unveil to them makes less and less sense yeah. to the point where you don't want to finish it. Th this has that kind of feel to it. I believe when the picture was going to be taken. One of my boys said, let's show our butts. And it, everybody in the room and in that moment thought that was a fantastic idea. Yeah. So we did. And then it was interesting just to see uh, the sort of lack of reaction to it. Like yeah. you, where, where there was puzzlement, there was like, you know, it's really hard to like communicate silent confusion but Facebook did it well in that case. And so, yeah, we were uh, amused. And my family's weird. I mean, that's, I think that's... Well, it's, so I'm, I'm glad that... Frankly, I'm glad that there's the answer is that there's no answer. Because I was trying to piece together what type of like word puzzle it was or picture puzzle it was in terms of like... If you guys had been doing that next to a big trade of, plate of asparagus, it would have been, ha-ha, it's ass asparagus and i thought it was something like that where there was some like yeah. <laughs> that get you steve i it thought there did. was <laughs> i thought there was something like that where it was going to be some some play on words or something but no you just all decided to show your butts to a, a bird you were about to eat i love that you're like no i totally would understand if it was asparagus i mean and i'm like what and then you explain the joke and then I, yeah <laughs> and I yeah you giggle yeah they're just uh <laughs> 
Okay. It wasn't, uh, yeah. So now, okay, I got, I have another question. This one is for both of you, and I'm going to start with me because I'm always fascinated by this, and I don't know why. You'll see what I'm, you'll see when I get there. I don't know why I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by what people choose to eat as sides for Thanksgiving. So I'll start with me just because we're, we're really straightforward. And I'm going to end with Tracy because I think Steve and Wendy are going to be traditional with possibly one curveball, maybe two thrown in there if there is one. Whereas I feel like Tracy will have like stuffed pig's bladders and different things that are like some type of thing that that is like really out there. But I could be wrong. <laughs> It's a special holiday pemmican. I will, I will say that the turkey looked very traditional in its prep, so maybe I'm wrong. So we do, we're, listen, I grew up in a double-wide trailer. We, we were very, especially in the early days, we were very white trash. Eventually, we got a little bit of money, and we weren't quite as white trash, but you can't really erase that kind of stuff. And so I was raised on everything from a box, everything in a microwave, and usually being prepared by a mother who was cooking and dropping ashes into the thing that she was preparing in the microwave. So I that's not to say my mom couldn't cook some things. Like she makes excellent cookies and a few other things. But when it came to the sides for Thanksgiving, I we did things like the powdered potato buds that come in the box. And you put milk in them and you put a little butter in them and you microwave them. We did just standard, like we didn't make rolls from scratch. We literally just bought like the Hawaiian rolls, the sweet rolls that you would get. We would nuke those. like So our turkey was cooked a very traditional way, but everything else that was a side of it either came out of a can or came out of a box. We would have the, the canned olives, canned corn, all that kind of stuff. And so that has carried forth with us into life. We And my, my wife's family was the same way. We just didn't make anything from scratch. And so we make a very traditional turkey that's always really good. Everything else comes from a box or can. We get a ham every year, but we get the same ham that is pre-cooked, and you pretty much throw it in the oven, and you cook it for a few minutes to get it warmed up, basically, and and you're good to go. So, Steve, give me your sides. Give me your side layout. I got a, I got a great ham recipe for you um, if you want to do Christmas in a slow cooker. Just we'll, mm. we'll, we, may, we talk about it on the show. I don't care. I'll, I'll give it away. But, um, <laughs> but my sides, yeah, fairly traditional. Um, there are a couple of things that are a little bit different. Um, we do these potatoes that my sister started making. They're real potatoes. It's, it's about, um, it's about six gallons of mashed potatoes, uh, made out of two potatoes and the rest of it's sour cream and butter. And you, and you, just whip it, you whip it all together and it's absolutely amazing. And we, we call it, my sister's name summer. We call it, we call them summer spuds. Um, so we, we, we attempt that it's never as good as when she makes them, but, uh, but, but we, we get close. Um, what I have, um, an issue with is the different kinds of stuffing. Like I really like stuffing. And then there are people that are very traditional stuffing. Like I only want stovetop. I want it in the bird or out of the bird or whatever, but people put raisins, cranberries, apple pieces, stuff like that inside yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, mushroom, which I'm okay with, you know, chopping up some mushroom, putting it in there. But, um, I'm used to like my grandmother's, you know, stuffing with her, you know, herbs and spices. I really like that. And that's a very, you know, salty, hearty stuffing, but no apples, no, you know, raisins, no cram, none of that stuff. Wendy likes to switch it up and she will put different things in once in a while. And I'm okay with it. You know, I, I, I've tried it like the apple's been okay, but I prefer 
without. Um, we do, um, you know, we, we like cranberry sauce, but you know, we'll, we'll have it whole berry or jelly. We don't care. We just want that sweet, sweet cranberry taste. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we do like, we do like rolls sometimes. I mean, we, I, I don't remember the last time we made rolls from scratch, but we have, um, the thing that makes, um, Thanksgiving on our table, that's a little bit different. And we didn't have them this year. Um, <laughs> I know. Is you, but you eat them off of a, the belly of an Asian in a swimsuit. Not quite. Um, they're my, they're my um, great grandma Pearl's um, a pickle recipe. Um, and my parents still pickle these cucumbers out of their garden with grape leaves and, um, and garlic and brine. And they have to sit for quite a while before you can, you can eat them. And we didn't put them out this year. And I think I do. I think I remembered where the jar is. Like, I think I know I have a jar of emergency pickles that I'd put out and, and I think I'm going to go get them tonight and eat them after the show. Um, but that's, that's, that's one of the different things, but really the pies, um, at the end are a, are a big, um, uh, are a big piece. So we, we have done, uh, sweet potatoes, you know, the yams and stuff. And I, I, I love that. I think that's really great. But Wendy made an actual sweet potato pie and she zested some orange into it. And holy crap, that was good. It was so good. Um, I, I wanted to make more of those pies now. And there, there's, so- there's a local bakery that <laughs> you made me think of this with the pies. So for the last two months, they have been saying, we're a small business. We're struggling because of COVID. We need your help. One of the things you could do for us is order your, your Thanksgiving pies through us. We'd be happy to make them. We can make a lot of pies, big industrial oven. Please order your pies from us. Get your pies here. A week before Thanksgiving, not even a week, four days before Thanksgiving, I see a Facebook message to the local town Facebook board. It is with great sadness we have to let you know our industrial stove broke down. We won't be able to fulfill the Thanksgiving orders. Like, oh, my God. Basically wow. sent this thing. And I think <clears throat> what they had done was in the run-up, too, they were just making so many pies that they got to it. They just, I think, burnt their oven out. And so they had, they had like, somebody had posted on there, like, how many orders are we talking here? And the owner responded and said, in the hundreds. So I, meaning hundreds of pies. So there were hundreds oh. of people that counted on that and did the right thing by supporting small business and listen we didn't even have dessert so you can go thanksgiving without pie it's not but steve at the same time like your wife makes some tremendous pies they're they're amazing and and i would absolutely have one of those post thanksgiving we just this year we decided like we don't really need dessert like the kids can have some chocolate or something like that and, and we're good to go so i on the stuffing front and tracy we're gonna get to you i promise on the stuffing front I've always hated stuffing. I'm not a big stuffing guy. So we don't, and my wife can leave it, take it or leave it. So we don't do stuffing. The other, I know that's controversial. Everybody stick with me. The other, the other one that, <laughs> the other one that, uh, that I don't know is controversial, but I can go on record and say, I absolutely hate ambrosia. I hate, hate ambrosia. And I don't know what it is because all of the parts separate that's not so bad. Yeah. I like coconut. Mm, there's I not, like there's not a controversial ingredient <laughs> in it. 
but you put them yeah. all together and especially when you put them all together and serve them with an otherwise salty not fruity meal of any kind it it for me it feels like the pineapple on the pizza which i'm not a fan of either it's that same kind of thing and i just i've never liked ambrosia oh now that's uh, that's interesting because i've had some ambrosias that i cannot get enough of and then i've had others that i can't get out of my mouth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i just can't stand yeah. but, but i've you, had but some that's <clears throat> really good but i think you, you steve you just described the the variety that could occur with yes. all the things you'd expect with Thanksgiving in the first place. And, uh, because there is, um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to take my turn. Do it. If you don't mind. <laughs> no, but, uh, so what Dave, when you described your childhood Thanksgiving, it was very close to mine, except, uh, we didn't have like the box of potato buds. We used to buy these, uh, overstock cans from this store i don't know i think i think my parents bought it out of the back of someone's pickup truck yeah, or something yeah. along the road um they were called trio potatoes it was just potato starch right and that you just you know you'd boil the water and put it in there it's the same thing and um i as as i grew up you know worked made money and <clears throat> just became wildly successful like i am yeah of course um the I couldn't wait to get away from how it is that I grew up. And so some of my tastes, though, kind of stayed the same. I don't get cranberries with this whole thing at all. I don't I don't understand it. I also don't understand s'mores. Like there's certain things where I expect everyone's explanation of these ingredients going together to be this like perfect harmony of flavors. It doesn't. And I don't understand like cranberries. I don't get it. Like the, my palate does not even understand it. And uh, I mean, even at Ikea, you can go get like the the meatballs there and they get the like the Langenberry kind of thing. And that actually makes more sense to me than cranberries. I don't know. Anyway, what I'm just trying to get no, at I, is I, it's stupid. Yeah, I, I might as well go for the trifecta of controversial things. Don't like the stuffing. Don't like the ambrosia. And I'm right with you on the cranberries. Not a cranberry guy in any way, shape or form. So, I mean, one of the things that we've done is we've, we have a, uh, a deep fryer and we deep fry turkeys. The, the best part of doing that is uh, they're never undercooked. Uh, they're, it, they're easy to time and you, you can get it done quickly. So you're not in the kitchen all day. See, the, the amount of time and effort is, uh, is really low and the, the consistency of the end is really good. Um, same thing like stuffing, gravy. I mean, for me, gravy is kind of a, big deal like i gravy is just incredible i need gravy all the time anyway that's a so that's a weird one so i dig gravy a lot i like gravy and i cannot tell you a thanksgiving where i have made gravy unless there is gravy at a place i've gone to for thanksgiving it's one of those things i gotta remember that for next year because i like gravy we just never make gravy and it's it's stupid easy yeah, it yeah. Is, i mean it, it is i mean it's just uh, and uh uh Trader Joe's had like some uh, gluten-free uh, stuffing that I like the texture of it really well because gluten-free stuff and I'm not I am not gluten-free but I like the texture of gluten-free food. So hold on, no, hey, and I I gotta stop you here. Yeah, you aren't gluten-free, but you prefer to eat the gluten-free food because of the yeah. taste. No, I have an intolerance to wheat, and so like uh, when it is gluten-free. Uh, you know, there's, there's, I feel better. That doesn't make me something like I'm intolerant to gluten, but 
I have wheat intolerances and I have since I was a kid. So, um, but I do like the texture of like gluten-free bread. Um, yeah. I think it makes better French toast. Um, all those kinds of things. So, I mean, it's just a, it's a bizarre taste that I have, but anyway, everything's pretty traditional except a couple of things in our family that we, we do, um, that are different probably is Yorkshire pudding is a thing that we do in our family. And I did, we did as a, as a kid as well. <clears throat> and interestingly, it's not pudding at all. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a big lie. Okay. Run, run us through it because I'm, I'm unfamiliar. It, it's, it's really more of a sort of uh, light puffy bread kind of thing that you would use with gravy or sauces. Okay. And so it's called Yorkshire pudding because um, the <laughs> can, English can you get it in a can? when it comes to food. Yeah. You can't get it in a can. It's not brown bread, but um, <laughs> the, uh, but, uh, and then uh, this year we had uh, chocolate pecan pies. Ooh. Um, and, uh, that and, and, um, pumpkin. And I tend to like, I like pies a lot. I never leave room for it. And by the time the pies come, I'm, I'm in this like kind of sickness at this point. Cause my head aches from, you know, the, all the salt is more saltier food and all that. And so it doesn't stop me from eating it, but I always just kind of, um, the evening doesn't end well. Yeah. Say that. yeah. But uh Yeah, you but need I'm to sure. you need to nap in between uh meal and pie. You really need to it needs to be at least a good ninety minutes. Yeah. I lack a lot of discipline when it comes to holiday desserts. That's just <laughs> I, I think that's what I'm trying to say. I do have a bit of a horror story about this Thanksgiving. Um we purchased this new oven, right? It's a gas oven and it's a double oven. So the bottom is a slightly smaller than standard oven, but still, you know, big enough to cook a turkey. And the one just above it is great for like pizzas, pies, things like that. Um, the bottom's convection um, or not. It doesn't have to be. You can set it to be like a standard bake. I remember uh, the and, Brady Bunch having one in, like that in their kitchen. Oh, yeah. I remember that whole episode where they're talking about the oven. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so... Uh, it's not really a warmer. It's, it's really, it's two ovens so you can do, and we were super stoked about it, but we had, it didn't have a lot of, um, a lot of experience cooking with a gas oven. So, um, we went, well, I, I went down to the store and got a practice Turkey about a week before <laughs> about a week and a half before so that we could practice. This reminds and, me of the action park where they send the sandbags down the water slide to see how it, it came goes. out yeah. without its head. Yeah. This. Well, well, we did it. Like I, we, we put it in, we cooked, we cooked a turkey, you know, and tried it out the week before, and it turned out okay. Like it got a little too done. Mm -hmm. It was just a little bit too big for the three of us. So the decision was made for the Thanksgiving bird. We we're going to go down a couple of pounds, and you know, make it a more manageable. Um, bird. So really only a 12 pound bird is what I brought home the second time. So I, hang first on, time hang on. Okay. let me, I got to ask a really quick question. Mm -hmm. Why did you need to test this? Because it's just, regardless of the oven, you still just set the temperature and you put it in and then you either have a button that pops out or you have a meat thermometer that you put in it and you cook it until it's done. So why, what was the concern over this new oven? It, it, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. We just did the cooking elements and where it's at. So we did notice that the heat on top of the bird 
was a lot harsher than what we were used to in the um, uh, because it was closer because it was a smaller oven right. and because of where the heat comes from, it did focus some of the heat a little too much on the top um, of the bird. So we were worried that it was going to dry it out. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and it really, it, it, it didn't, it did get a little bit warm. So we did uh, move it down. Um, convection we've found doesn't, I mean, unless you're cooking multiple things, it's kind of not the way to go. Um, it's, it, it will usually not cook the things that you want cooked all the way through it. it I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not good at it um, yet. So we'll get, we'll get better at it. That was why, because we just weren't very, okay. okay. we weren't, we weren't ready, but we, we thought we were, you know, we were great. So I went back, I got the same bird from the same section. It was a fresh bird, um, unfrozen, brought it back. Um, uh, Several what did you days. Name it? It, it was not alive, so oh, I decided okay. not to. He just to name showed it. it his butt and put it in the oven. So I brought it home um, and I put it in the outdoor refrigerator, um, where all of our you know normal drinks and stuff are, and and I left it for a few days because. Now, had you run the test it. turkey through the refrigerator outdoors to make sure that it was a good fridge? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now the test turkey was only in the fridge for like a day. Um, the, the other Turkey was in the fridge for like three days. Okay. Maybe and he four. came back and it drank all his peach sparkling water. Drank all my peach water. No, what happened was the morning of Thanksgiving, I went out and I, um, I grabbed it and it was solid. It, it had frozen in there. And so now I have a, I mean, it wasn't like full frozen, but it was, yeah. It was pretty frozen. And I brought it in and she's like, you brought, you bought a frozen Turkey and you brought it. In. I'm like, I'm not an amateur. I bought a, <laughs> I bought a fresh bird. Our refrigerator was set on a very cold setting, right. but not quite cold. But that's worse than freeze. an amateur buying yeah. a fresh one and then freezing it at home. Oh God. That was yes, absolutely. Totally terrible. So it was, it was my mistake to not check on it like two days beforehand and like the day before, but I'm like, the test turkey was fine. You know, this is an extra couple of days. I put it in the refrigerator, not the freezer. This is absolutely. So we had to, we had to wait for it to thaw out just a little bit, like a couple hours, put it in some water and it didn't quite, I mean, it, it, it thawed out, but it was, you could tell that it wasn't quite the same. <laughs> so did the test turkey end up better? The, t the test turkey was better. Yeah. The, the, the Thanksgiving turkey was okay, but the t test turkey was like, you could tell Wendy wasn't like totally on board with eating the Thanksgiving turkey because she was like, "Yeah, um, I, you know what? I'm full. I'm. I'm I think I'm yeah. just gonna have some of the stuffing or whatever." I'm like, "You just don't want to get sick. Why don't you just eat this thing?" Yeah. And um, but no, that's uh, it was unfortunate. But we did end up uh, heating it up afterwards until it was safe, and then um making it but we it was a, it was a weird experience where i ruined the thanksgiving turkey yeah, um, yeah. accidentally yeah all right well <laughs> listen we've done a solid 25 minutes on on turkey so i feel like we we probably we should probably move on and on top of that between uh the comments around cranberries uh, stuffing ambrosia this is already easily our most controversial show we've ever done oh god yeah and i feel like the hate mail is already going to pile up anyway so we should just keep keep, keep going so um 
Uh, Steve, you have a new addition to the family. I do. I do. We, um, the day before Thanksgiving, we picked up a new dog, um, a rescue from California. Um, they bring a lot of dogs up from California because they have a ton of dogs and they have high kill shelters down there. And the story is they bring them up to Washingtonians that, um, are suckers and we're more than happy to pay way too much to adopt the dog. And did you get uh, a test dog by the way, to get a, put him in the freezer? <laughs> we, we did, we did test one dog and, and it didn't work out. Like he was way too skittish. The German shepherd community, we, we wanted to get a German shepherd for, you know, a partner. Is this for, for people our, who ride German shepherds and you all meet at the drive-in and then go on a cruise together? You would. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a Miata club, only it was a German shepherd club. Oh, no, no, hey, buddy, no, do me, wait, do me a favor before you keep going. Just pull that microphone down just a little bit. I'm getting a lot of popping from it. Yep. Perfect. Okay, there we go. So what's going on with, um, with the, the dog situation, we went to see a German shepherd and I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset about how, um, dog adoption places handle German shepherds. They really think that every German shepherd needs a pronged collar. It's a special kind of collar that you have to, you know, muscle the dog around and it digs into their neck and stuff like that. And really, I, I am very not on board with that. And I don't think it helps. I don't think it's, I don't think it's good training for the dog. And they, the rescue places will not let you adopt a dog. We got very lucky with our German shepherd that we have now because we had a foster guy that was not into the prong collar thing. And he thought we were, you know, great. And he's a good dog. We take good care of him. But this, this other dog we went to look, look at was, you know, you're just getting jerked on this prong collar. And I was very upset. Didn't uh, you, he was very skittish. I felt bad and it wasn't going to work out because they knew we weren't going to use the prong collar on right. this dog. They knew we weren't going to do it. So we aren't German shepherd people. So, you know, it was, it's too bad. I hope he goes to a good home. He's, he's a good dog. He doesn't deserve that. But, uh, um, this other dog from this same organization, um, we found, we just saw a picture of him. He looked, you know, super happy. And I said, Hey, here's a big guy. Big dogs don't get, um, they don't get the love. They don't get, um, they don't get the attention that the little dogs do for, um, and like medium dogs, they don't, big dogs don't get, um, adopted. So, um, not as often. So I'm like, let's give this one a shot. And we contacted him and they said, yeah, come and meet him. He was great. He met our dogs. You know, they sniffed each other out and kind of figured. Now, uh, do they both speak German? They, uh, no, um, the, um, uh, I don't the, know new a dog lot speaks, dogs. the new dog speaks Dutch, but it's enough that it can yeah. right. muddle yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we went and visited it. And, you know, really hit it off with the foster family. They were great. Um, the the dogs liked each other. And then we did all the paperwork. And the paperwork, by the way, if you've ever adopted a dog, holy crap. Like, um, like the, I, I could get my um, passport easier than, you know, trying to get, try, this, trying to adopt a dog. This is why I only do puppy mills, because there's no paperwork. <laughs> right. You're in and out. Uh, Cash under the table. Yeah, a lot of yeah. times they'll even throw in the spiked collar for you. Oh gosh. Um it's fine. Yeah. I highly recommend it. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, can I get another one for my wife? Yeah. Yeah. Next time. Maybe next time. Yeah. Um, so we go and we check him out and he is big. Like he is, he's big and he's not as old as they're never as old as they say they are in the, in the ad. Like it's like, Oh yeah, he's just over a year, probably 18 months old. No way. Our neighbor is a vet. And when we brought him home, she's like, yeah, he's a year. If he's a year, he's not, he's still, he might still be growing and he's a big ass dog. I'm, I'm, I'm motioning like he's here. He's yeah. not. No, here. you're just pointing to a door behind you. Yeah. He's, he's on the other side. He's, but he kind of looks like, um, Scooby-Doo, but with like no. these weird tiger stripes on him and, uh, he's goofy and fun, but he's part, like, we think he's part pit bull and part Rhodesian Ridgeback. We thought he was bull mastiff. No, he's definitely like a pit fighting dog and a lion fighting dog yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all together, but they're very sweet. Um, they're, you know, their kennel club dispositions is, you know, they make poor guard dogs because they'll more likely just show up and lick you to pieces more than anything, but they're, they're good. They're trainable. They're smart. And he's, I'm excited about him. He's very, very sweet. Um, the other dogs really get along and yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy that we were able to bring him in. Well, that's great. It's, You'll have to make sure you don't keep us posted. Hey, uh, it's, it's the legal limit, by the way, you can only have three dogs in the city of Kirkland. So I cannot get any more. Is that dogs. a thing? Is that really a thing? It's a thing. And apparently we're in our hometown. You can only have two dogs. Well, yeah, everybody stuck to that just fine. That is, that is, uh, yeah, that is not, that has not been adhered to, I don't think. So one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, I don't know what made you, what, what you said that made me think of this, but we lucked out and we hit the neighbor lottery. And the reason that we did is because our neighbors are, they're an older couple. I would say they're in their sixties, sweetest, nicest, most giving kind people we could have hoped to live next to just fantastic people great senses of humor just fun people to be around uh they took a trip in their rv down to arizona and on a complete spur of the moment decided they were going to put their house up for sale and they were moving to arizona so they did it took them a few weeks but they got the house prepped they put it up for sale sold within a couple of days it sold so quick that they had a bunch of stuff uh that they just they the, the people who live next to us, it's a larger house than we have. And they're, they're wealthy. Um, wealthy enough that he's got his own airplane hangar that houses his own personal airplane that he has. And I know there's a few people that probably have those, but I've never met one. So uh, they've, they've got a decent amount of money. And they are at the point now where they're just purging because they have so much stuff that they don't want to have to put into the crate because they're older to ship down and then unpack and all that. They're basically just saying like, do you want any of this? Do you want this? Do you want any of this? And so my wife is bringing home, like she comes rumbling up today in the pickup. She's got it full of this. I, all I can see is Oak. I have no idea what it is. And she brought in this massive, like T shaped solid Oak desk that is just huge and ornate and has all these beautiful carvings on it. And she was like, they, they didn't want it. They said that they were just going to go drop it off at the goodwill. If, if we didn't want it, we have no place for it. We have no place to put it. But now we have this very nice ornate desk that we have. And they're just What kind of paperwork do you have to fill out to adopt a desk? So we have yeah, a, exactly. we, well we had a test desk that we used. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
No, but when when I say we hit the neighbor lottery, it's, I mean, we hit it on a number of levels because of how great they were and they're moving and they, they've said, you know, we want you to come down and stay with us. We consider you family now. Come live with us down in Arizona and hang out at the pool and all that kind of stuff. So they're great on that sense. But then we also hit the neighbor lottery because this is all, it's all, he's just piling power tools on me and everything else. Well, that sounded weird. Uh, just all these things that he's just giving away because they don't need them. They don't want them. And if they do, they'll buy new ones. And so we are, we are feeling very fortunate on that front. Now we didn't get a new dog, but we got a nice Oak desk. <laughs> very That's nice. Oak desk. I'm okay. excited to, to see the, uh, um, <laughs> to see the hall. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two ping pong tables. Well, and, and on that front, because we got two from them, we now have six Christmas trees in my house this year. Wow. Six oh, Christmas wow. trees in my house this year. Just keep saying that to yourself because it's as ridiculous and stupid as it sounds, but we have six Christmas trees in our house this year. I think it sounds magical. And it, they're all up? They're all up. Yep. Do you have one in your office? No, no. Uh, but my that kids surprises have, me. My kids each have one in their room. Uh, oh. we, and we've got three downstairs and one upstairs. So we are we are chock full of we are lousy with Christmas trees right now. Tracy, <laughs> uh, anything you wanted to throw out there about uh, the time we had off other than uh, the what you like to make for sides for your turkey? No, um, I uh, well, there was one thing the uh, I've been uh, hitting the uh, the road exercising quite a bit. So. Uh, the days are shorter here in Washington state and it's, it's dark by four 30. And so I'm trying to make use of the daylight that I have and we've had dry days. Yep. So, um, I invite my four-year-old to get out on his bicycle and he rides in front of me and that forces me to kind of just run behind him. And, uh, sometimes he needs a boost on the Hills, but generally he's just, he's a bike riding machine. So I was today was just really tired my knees are just aching a little bit my legs are getting stronger but my knees don't like the running as much and i was just getting tired and uh he looked back at me while he was riding and he said um he said uh you can't catch me you baby pants wow yeah and uh and I was really tired. Like I was ready to go to a walk, you know, and like walk yeah. for a hundred feet to get my, and I was like, I I have to press on because first of all, there's no way I'm a baby pants. Right. Yeah. And how else am I going to prove that though? Yep. Oh, the guts that kid has. Did, man. I was did, 27 before I told my dad that he was baby pants. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of like just brazen BS that kids are learning today. Yeah. Thanks to the internet. That's what happens yeah, now. Thanks to the internet. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tracy, uh, did you catch him? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I catch him and I uh, I threw him off into some uh, berry brambles. There, so <laughs> yeah, teach him a lesson. There's always... I, I have two that immediately sprung to mind. There's always stories of that time when you were a kid and you were getting a little cocky and you challenged an adult to a yeah. race or or a test of strength and they kicked your ass. And the first one yeah. that comes to mind is one that I wrote in my dad's eulogy, which was I once challenged my dad to a race 
And my dad told me, because we had this strip of, we had this long square patch of grass between his shop and our house. And it was a pretty decent stretch. I would say it was, you know, 50 yards, maybe a little more. He said, you can run in the grass. You've got your tennis shoes on. I'll run on the gravel. He was in cowboy boots because my dad always wore cowboy boots. I was in tennis shoes and running on grass. And I watched my dad run past me as though I was walking in the grass for this race. And I had never seen my dad run ever. Yeah. And I was like getting cocky and doing the, Hey, I bet I could beat you to the house. Cause mom's called us for dinner. I bet I could get there first. And he was like, okay, let's do it. You run on the grass. I'll run on the gravel. And then he proceeded to wax me by a good 10, 15 yards. So there's that one that comes to mind. And then the other one wasn't me. It was my buddy, Toby. We were up camping once and my grandma was up camping with us. Now, at the time, my grandma was probably in her 60s, I would guess. Maybe, yeah, probably 60s. Tell me Toby wrestled your grandma and your grandma He, he arm wrestled my grandma <laughs> and my grandma won. <laughs> Toby was probably 12 years old. Toby still brings it up to this day. He'll say, like, do you remember that time I wrestled your arm wrestled your grandma up camping and she beat me? Like, he... Did, Listen, she, did she press his hand into the table and then said greatest generation yeah she she did the yeah. thing where she moved like three fingers over his thumb to get the <laughs> leverage no no uh she uh she just beat him arm wrestling and and he he's in it we're, we're in our 40s now he it's fine he laughs about it now because it's the same yeah. thing like you're a young kid and you challenge but he was like your grandma was so strong and i was like yeah they were a different cut of people they yeah. They lived through things we didn't even come close to living through, wars and depressions and all that kind of stuff. And she could probably still bench press a house at this point. Like, it was crazy. So I, those two Great came... mercy. Yeah. Well, so Davey, I'll tell you, you know, when 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 we were back in the day, we I mean, if you had to bench press a house, you just bench <laughs> press the house. And nobody talked about it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody brought it up. We just, you, it wasn't strange to bench press a house. People were doing it and you had to do it. You did it and it was over. So I'm putting you guys on the spot. Do you have any, because those sprung to mind for me like right away. Do you guys have any of those type? And it's okay if you don't, we'll move on. But yeah, I was on the, I was on the track team and uh, I got, uh, um, uh, I got uh, on the, it was a 440 relay or I think 400 meters, I guess it is now, but, um, the, uh, I got on there and I, uh, in one meet, I like totally just cleared my, uh, my, my turn holding the baton and got us into the lead before our, our team won. And I was pretty hot about myself, like, you know, sprinting. And my dad in his dress shoes. <laughs> yeah. My dad in his dress shoes and with keys dangling from his belt, you know. <laughs> so I like I'm in I'm in shorts and he's got like his sets of keys from work. So as he's running and passing me on our gravel road in front of our house, as he's passing me and his keys are jingling in front of me. I can hear him. He sounds like Santa Claus as he's jingling away. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a, a very humiliating thing to understand what the strength of a full-grown person is. Yeah, uh, compared to a uh, an adolescent. Steve, how about you? Any that spring to mind? I will. You you think about it for a second, because I will tell one about your dad that is not <laughs> your dad beating me in a race or anything like that. But Steve and his family and I were were rafting once. We were in a raft, 
And it was we were just about to the end of our rafting trip. We had reached the bottom of where we were going to. And as we were sort I don't remember if we were going into shore or if we kind of got sucked into the shore, but we got sucked into a bunch of branches that were overhanging the water. And the branches flipped the raft over and it flipped it over on top of us. And so I remember Steve's sister was trapped under there. I was trapped under there momentarily. Steve's sister took on a lot of water. She was coughing and gagging when she got onto the shore. But I remember I, I managed to come out from under the raft. There were still people that were, I mean, this is a heavy, big yellow raft. People are literally trapped under this thing because it's shallow enough water to where he kind of pinned under the water on the rocks. And I remember Steve's dad, Steve, I'm not, you, you tell me if I'm incorrect on this description. As long as I've known your dad, he's always had a, a little bit of a belly. He's a, listen, he's a, a strong guy. He's, he's just always had a little bit of a belly. He's just a little mm-hmm. thicker. Nothing that I would I would classify, and especially with his demeanor, he's such a nice, sweet guy. I would never classify him as intimidating. So we're we're I'm I'm sort of floating in the water away from this, watching this thing unfold as I float away from it. I'm looking back, and I see Steve's dad from underneath the raft stand up, and he looked like he was chiseled from granite. Nothing but ripped muscles. This is the picture in my mind's eye that I remember this as. I, I remember this day. I'm pretty I, sure. I, I, I remember exactly the moment. I'm pretty about. sure he, you know, he had some form of ripped clothing on just to show that his muscles had exploded from the clothes he was wearing. And he lifted this raft above his head with water dripping off of it everywhere so that the people underneath of it could get out from underneath it. And he looked like a god when he was doing this. <laughs> and it was one of those times of like, same thing, like, not, not that, uh, you know, he didn't do it competition-wise, but it was one of those, like, you take adults for granted when you're a kid and you think, oh, they're old and, oh, they don't, uh, they're just old people. I'm the strong young one. And then you see something like that and you're like, holy shit, that guy, I, I mean, he, he might <laughs> yeah. as well have been lifting a bus off those people. That's insane. So it was, it, was very, it was very much like that because it wasn't just that big raft. And it wasn't like the kind you just go and buy at the store. No, it no, no. A, it was a whitewater river raft you know heavy and and not only that but it's a swift part of the river so you know and the dams we're we're little people so we (laughs) we the the current is is hitting you pretty hard so you have to balance there and you have to you know use all this lower body strength just to stand and be in place but then He's picking up the raft, but he also was fishing. He also had to grab, like there's somebody's on an inner tube that was crashing into his, grabbed the inner tube, grabbed the, grabbed the other inner tube and grabbed a person and picked the person up with one hand yeah. and just gently moved them to the, um, you know, to the shore and then just kind of picked it up and then, you know, moved it. But I remember exactly what you're talking about. The moment you're talking yeah. about, I absolutely, and he, yeah. and yeah, very, very strong. Everything you're so, describing is just Wonder Woman in my mind. <laughs> it's just Linda Carter. It is a very, it was a very Wonder Woman moment. Um, and then he but, put us all in the invisible jet and flew us home. And we all, yeah, exactly. So exactly. sweet. And um, so, yeah, uh, very, very strong. So one thing that my wife is constantly telling me is how strong I am. And I don't believe her. Um, I, I didn't for a long time. She's like, Hey, uh, go lift that, go do and, and stuff like, and then she has caught me doing things and pointed it out. 
she's like, you realize you're, you're, you're lifting the sofa bam, bam style and trying to shake the remote control out of it. And, and it's, um, it's, she's just like, look, you're, you're strong. You're, you're, you're a lot stronger than you should be. And it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Don't let it go to your head, but you're really, really strong. And now that I feel like I'm strong, I still don't feel like I'm as strong as my dad. I still feel right, like, right. like, you know, I'd go to the house and I, and it's part of it was we were watching this Neanderthal um, uh, thing and my wife's watching the show and she's looking at me and she's watching me. She, and we're watching the Neanderthals walk. She's like, Hey, go get me a soda out of the, out of the refrigerator. So I, I do. And she's watching my gate and she's just like, yeah, you're, you're just like this Neanderthal. And, yeah, shows, yeah. and she says, wow. Hey, if they show how, uh, if they show how strong he is, um, then you're definitely going to get tested because you're definitely more Neanderthal than human. And I'm like, human, what are you talking about? human?" <laughs> and, um, you're and then, like, then, ah, then, ah. then the Neanderthal thing did that, you know, yeah. strength thing. And, and, and it's this, and it is kind of this weird thing that I've, that I've always yeah, kind I've of seen had. that, uh, Neanderthal um documentary where they're you, like lifting couches you yeah. know what i'm well they had this whole thing where their right side was big was definitely bigger than their left side like their right leg and and, and right arm were bigger than their left yeah, the, yeah. And, and and she looks down i'm wearing shorts and she looks down at my feet and she sees my right foot is quite a bit bigger than my left foot and it's I think it's because I've been playing drums forever and that's my kick drum foot and, and whatever. And she's just like, no, you're, you're a Neanderthal. So, so, but so my, we're Neanderthal stock. To, um, to summarize, uh, I told an old woman arm wrestling a small child and beating him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad beating me at a race, Tracy's dad beating him at a race and Steve, how strong he is as an adult. Yep. That was the, that was the, <laughs> that's, that's Beautiful well, summary. That's the course um, we went. But my dad could still probably lift me and, and put me on the roof if, if he wanted to. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap things up. Well, not wrap things up. Not for the show. Stick around. We got more after the break. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show. It was a bright summer day, and I was enjoying my two favorite things, dogs and cupcakes. And that's what it hit me. A million-dollar idea. Hi, everyone. My name is John Tortello, owner and operator of John Tortello's world-famous Deffy Cakes. As I sat in the warm sun watching my dog play with the other dogs at the dog park, I noticed a pile of excrement on the ground next to me. I took a bite of my chocolate cupcake just as the aroma of that poo hit my nose, and bam, the idea hit me square in the face. Little dog crap-shaped cupcakes. Brilliant, ain't it? We got everything from our indulgent bull mastiff monster cakes to our dachshund mini bites for those of you watching your waistlines. And whatever your preference, I guarantee you've never had more delicious poop-shaped pastries. And you can take that straight from me, John Tortello. And don't forget about our Build Your Own Toppings Bar, where you can drizzle warm fudge on the defecake of your choice, sprinkle some nuts on top, and maybe finish it off with a piece of candy corn or two. At John Tortello's world-famous defecakes, we ain't here to tell you how to do your business. So come on down to John Tortello's world-famous defecakes on the north side of Southampton in the East Town Shopping Mall near the Western Clothing Store. You'll know you're getting close by the aroma and by me, John Tortello, waving you in with a smile on my face and chocolate on my fingers. 
when you want a treat that looks like poop, then you gotta listen closely because here's the scoop. Just grab your hat and jacket and head on down because John Tortello's got the best crap in town. I can't help but stopping to think about my favorite episode of the Dave and Steve show. It was last week's episode. I think what I liked most about it was that it had so much of me in it. Sure, it had world-class storytelling by the real stars of the show, but something about episode 32 really spoke to me. And I think I know what it was. It was me. If you didn't hear this episode, go back and have a listen, and you'll see what I mean. It is undeniably filled with a lot of me. This has been Tracy's Me Taking Some Time to Appreciate Me Minute. Is this, is that song, first of all, that's great. Is that song in your playlist? How do you know? I don't know that song. I've never heard that. Where do you find these songs? Like what made you use? It's the only way so you get to sleep at night. No, that's a that's a, um, a, a an international pop hit. Yeah, don't you know that? Dave? So Gee. it's Soyo means it's me. So it's kind of a. Is this one? Is is this one of those K-pop things I've been hearing about? No, I, actually, I got a. I this was in a in a video game. So my kids and I were played FIFA, and right. so FIFA plays a lot of uh, pop from Africa and Europe yep. and like that. And so that that came up, and uh, it's a nice little ditty. I will say there's some kind of like, I think it's a Samsung commercial. I'm not sure though. And it was playing some song with it. And I found myself like walking around singing that song and like, and I, I thought to myself like, that's a really catchy jingle. That's a, that's a good song that they put in. And then I went and looked it up and it is by some K-pop group. And it literally had like a gajillion downloads. It was some ridiculous number of like 400 million views or something like that, that it had. I was like, Oh I guess I'm not alone in thinking that's a bit of a catchy jingle. <laughs> exactly. Uh, is, did, did you guys see, by the way, um, I happened to look over the other screen while I was looking back at the at the cameras that we've got up here, and I just saw my hair sticking out. Have you guys noticed this? Have you? I've, I'm cultivating the what I call the evil cooter. Have you guys? It's it's. Really oh, yeah, I noticed yeah. that you're getting the that little hair flip. Yeah. The feathering on the on yeah. the end that. Uh, and, That's and, the last and, step before it starts to lay down on the shoulders. Well, I haven't fully committed to what I what I haven't started doing yet is I still tuck the sides up into the hat. So yeah. it, it looks like I have a mullet when in reality I don't. It's long all over, but it looks like I have short hair in the front and the, the party in the back there. Uh, it's I it's I'm, I'm not I'm not sure what to think of it yet. It was very 1987 yeah um, yeah it was like the the senior class all had hair like that yeah and it was i mean they had all had they all had hair like that in in uh 1985 in seattle yeah but yeah but you know except you steve you always had there's no good way to put this <laughs> you always had say it. you always had a haircut similar to all of the the bad teenage boys from the eighties movies, like the one that, that beat up Johnny and the karate kid, 
the one from Better Off Dead, who might have been the same guy who who beat up uh, John Larroquette. Uh, was that was no, not John Larroquette. Uh, John, who? Come on, help me out. Better Off Dead. John Tesh. No. Um, John Cusack. John Cusack, who beat up John Cusack in that movie. You always had the. You had very, very um, well kept uh, hair. Villain. Very <laughs> movie villain. You you had hair that. It just belonged on somebody 20 years Elf. older than you. <laughs> no, <laughs> T- 20 years older than you. Yeah. You, yeah, you had was... very, you had very, uh, even proper. Cause you weren't a proper kid. You weren't a proper kid in the sense that it's not like you were, well, I only drink tea and I, you know, you drive a fancy convertible. You weren't that kid at all, but you had the hair of someone who was very proper and was raised in a very proper setting. If that makes sense. Well, my mother was a hairdresser. I mean, I, I, I had most of my haircuts at home until I was in, like, high school. Gotcha. And then I, then I started going to the barber. There yeah, we that's... go. All right. Well. Yeah. Okay. That just landed like a dead pelican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's get to Tracy's dead pelicans in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story in an Ontario, Canada man who lost his wallet 54 years ago had the item returned to him after the man found it in an old couch. Was this the couch that Steve held up like Bam Bam and shook? Yeah, a remote and a wallet fell out. Yeah, that's that. I, I I'm glad that guy finally got it back. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful story, and thank you, and thank you for that and bringing us that story. Darcy Major, 86, of Port Dover, said his wallet went missing in 1966, and he never found out what happened to it until Christopher Camacho got in touch with his children. Camacho found the wallet in an old couch and got Major's name from the documents inside, which included a driver's license, an old check, and a dog license. Any possible way he's related to Hector Macho Camacho? I did some research on that, and I don't know. Okay. Third cousin. Third cousin. Yeah. So Camacho wrote uh, in the... Uh, in the uh, uh, Port Dover group on Facebook that he had fished the wallet out of an old couch and he was trying to find its owner. And people who replied to his Facebook post helped Camacho get in touch with Major's children who informed their father that his wallet was found. It was unreal, he said. Where it's been all those years, Major told the uh, local news outlet, I guess it must have just been a good couch. Dad, somebody found your wallet. Well, I have my wallet. Yeah. No, your old wallet. I have that one too. No, no, your old, old wallet. How old is that couch? I mean, yes, I agree. It's probably a good, well-made couch, but man, I can't see that couch being pristine at this point. It's a Davenport. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it yeah, it's a Davenport. Um, I would at that point, I would be more interested in seeing the couch than the wallet. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, you're like, yeah, who who cares about my yeah, driver's license? license? I mean, that you, you can finally prove that that spot was legit. <laughs> <laughs> you said he ran away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Smooth that. Our segatory <laughs> animal rescuers in Australia. <laughs> stop, stop the show. Stop the show. <laughs> okay, I got to get in character. Just keep That's reading. Yeah, anyway, they found the couch. <laughs> animal rescuers in Australia were summoned to be. Uh, to the home of a woman who found something unexpected in the branches of her Christmas tree, a koala. <laughs> well, Adelaide... it's, not, it's not quite unexpected, right? I mean, you bring you bring the tree in. You didn't inspect it properly. You didn't you, you didn't go to a proper tree farm. You just you 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 bring the tree in that you cut yourself, and this is the danger, right? <laughs> it's the danger. Yeah. You're going to bring it in. Now you're going to have wild animals in your house, and that you know that koala probably has chlamydia, so you don't want to you don't want to be a, trimming that tree too close. It's a known koala fact. Most of them carry yeah, the, chlamydia. Yeah, uh, the owner said that they uh, went and got their tree from a tree mill because there's less paperwork. But uh, right. So Adelaide and Hills Koala Rescue said the hotline operator initially thought they were being pranked when Amanda McCormick called to report finding a koala climbing uh, the Christmas tree inside her home. But no, they said a koala desperate to get into the Christmas spirit had wandered into Amanda's house and decided it wanted to be an ornament on the Christmas tree. <laughs> the koalas climbed to the top. And uh, it's sitting right up there, and it's put it's put little angel wings on. Now it's gorgeous, right? It's cute. I know we've we talked about raccoons, and raccoons can be very vicious. Am I correct? Have I heard that koalas can actually be really vicious as well? Or is that something? Am I crossing wires here? Come on, Tracy. You're our news guy. You got to know uh, something about this. According to uh, news reports here, this was a female koala. And they're known for their uh, curiosity. If, so uh, if, koala, okay. female koalas in general are curious creatures. And if uh, the opportunity presents itself, uh, they will try to ruin your Christmas. It may <laughs> seem hard to believe, but the world's most cuddly animal has a dark side. Sometimes a koala snaps. Koala on koala violence is generally pretty mild, but they have been known to go after dogs and even humans. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's yeah. raccoon level, but I right. think it's still, yeah. Hey, you, I think that I think they're mean drunks. That's the yeah. That's the they tend yeah. to throw taboo buzzers. That's their big wow. That's their go-to. You know, some good news: the United States Department of Transportation is putting an end to a variety of pets people bring on planes as emotional support animals. It decided that only dogs Good. can fly as service animals. Good. I yeah. I'm I am I'm not down with sitting next to somebody that has a, an emotional support boa constrictor, cockatiel um, or a cat or all the different all the. This is my support pig that I'm pot belly that I'm printing. Shut up. Knock it off. Yeah, exactly. So the rule aims to settle years of tension between airlines and passengers who bring their pets on board for free by saying they need them for emotional help. Under a longstanding department policy, all of the passengers needed was a note from a healthcare professional. And airlines argued that passengers abused the situation to bring a menagerie of animals on board, including cats, turtles, pot-bellied pigs, and in one case, 
a peacock. Yeah, because you know that there's some jackass doctor out there who's just having fun. He knows it's going to cause chaos. So he's like, sure, I'll sign your slip. Take your peacock and have fun. Let me know how. <laughs> hell, the... hell yes, I'd sign that slip. If I yeah, was let me know how Turks and Caicos is yeah. with a peacock and off they go. The deal is I sign this slip and you record the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, a, an emotional support peacock. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. No, yeah. just pay the hundred bucks and and bring your bring your bring your dog on board. But let me know. explain something to you guys. In the past, when people were afraid of flying, or flying caused them stress, or they hated flying, it terrified them. One of two things happened: either they didn't fly. Like my mom, she never flew anywhere. That's why we had to drive to Disneyland, even though it was well over 24 hours away. Or they took drugs to get them through the flight. (laughs) Both, Both of those things, neither of those things have gone away as options. You can still get Xanax to get you through a flight and you can still drive places. If you Now, I know you obviously you can't drive internationally to places like Europe, but you can take a boat. Right. There are ways to do it. So stop, stop giving your problems to other people. I don't want to sit next to your stupid animal because you're afraid of flying. If you're that terrified of flying, don't put that on me. Work around yeah, it. Especially since, you know, you're connect, you're doing a connection flight through Salt Lake, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah there's, uh, you know, the dog's got to come with me or, or yeah. whatever. These two iguanas keep me calm. Yeah, we were we were on a flight once to my my wife's my mother-in-law's house in in Idaho. It's a it's I mean, you barely take off in that plane before you're touching down again. I mean, they don't even serve drinks on the flight cuz it's so fast. It is literally up and down. And sure enough, right across from us, we got somebody with a dog that is whining and who knows you can't ask a dog, are your ears bothering you? Are your ears plugged? Are you having it? And this dog was whining and having all sorts of, he was panting more than the owner was. And the owner was, you know, oh my gosh, are you okay? And fawning all over this thing. And it was almost like having a crying baby next to you the entire time. Just drive to Idaho. Drive, get in your car and drive to Idaho. And don't make me have to sit next to your stupid yeah. dog. There are roads in Idaho now and they are right. not bad. Right. They're not bad. So, yeah, there has been a rise in bad behavior by emotional support animals, ranging from peeing on the carpet to biting other passengers. uh, Delta Airlines, however, is giving no indication of backing down. In a statement, Delta spokeswoman said the plane or the airline is reviewing the new rule, but at the time, there are no changes to Delta's current service and support animal policies. So you can still bring your koala. Your support at least koala. at least for now this, this is my this is my support koala okay so then what's the hamster for well that's that's his support i don't know what his deal is but he got a note, yeah. from, the, he got a note from the vet <laughs> it's like yeah rusting uh, russian nesting dolls yeah. of uh, support <laughs> there our fourth story in a story that went largely unnoticed last summer has later revealed that the Polish military admitted that it accidentally invaded the Czech Republic in June, but insisted its brief occupation of a small part of the country was simply a misunderstanding. 
I got to be really careful with this one. Yeah, yes. I'm, not, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not touching this one. There's tons to bite on here. Yeah, to, yeah. So Polish soldiers mistakenly crossed the country's border with Czech Republic in late May before setting uh, up there, the Czech foreign ministry reported. The soldiers who had been guarding parts of the closed Polish-Czech border during the pandemic then started turning away Czech citizens who were attempting to visit a church within their own country. So what I will say is that yesterday, I'm just making sure that wasn't today. Yesterday, my wife and I made a Costco run. And we don't have a Costco super close by. So on the way back, it's a decent drive, half hour, 45 minutes. We were driving back and we talk about a lot of different things in the vehicle, especially because when we make the Costco run, the kids aren't with us. So one of the things that we were talking about was equality and just sort of overall acceptance, diversity, inclusion, that type of stuff, because it is a hot button issue where I work. We're going through a lot of training around it and things like that. And we were just talking about the the advances that were made, the things we still have to work on. And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, we said some of the things that when we were kids, that kids would say or teach other kids to say, or that parents would say at the time growing up uh, for me, growing up in the eighties, that you look back on them now and you're like, I don't even understand how that started. And the example that we actually brought up was the jokes there used to be a right. lot of jokes around polish people about and i'm only saying this because this is what it was there were jokes about how stupid they were all of them centered around eventually those got replaced by dumb blondes then we went through this long phase of dumb blonde jokes where they were basically girls all, and things yeah. all the same stuff but when i was young that was my parents and my parents friends those were the jokes that they made and it was always i don't even want to use the term but they would they would say you know did you hear about the polish person that went and did this thing and then there was a, a punchline to it i don't understand where that came from i don't understand how that got started i don't understand i mean other so, than you know systemic racism but i mean i, I don't understand no, no, as i understand it like it's it's who, whoever's the the you know um, dominant group finds a scapegoat. Like um, the Swedes are always on the Norwegians and the Norwegians are always on the Swedes. Right. Um, you know, so, so to them, that's their thing and it's not, it's not okay. Um, and, and that's, but it's, it's just one way to keep, keep it. Other yeah. I mean, down, it, you know, it's... keep, keep them from getting hired into other jobs and keep them from doing all that. It's just a way to keep, folks down so yeah in this country in particular because we've always had um we've immigration has always been a big part of our country so the the whoever is like kind of in the next the latest round of immigration whatever country they come from whether it's refugees or just anything that's going on where large groups of people from a region of the world end up on our shores and uh or just within our country through our our kind of vast immigration service like the last group always kind of gets like initiation jokes right you know and so and so i would i would dare say that even like uh uh central asian people kind of are have, in the last 10 15 years have kind of been getting that <laughs> since like that's kind of been the influx and so as they and so even like even in my lifetime like italian jokes Right. Um, that, mm -hmm. you know, the the term, the slur for them met with without yeah. papers 
And uh, in, and of course, in my family, immigrated were um, were Irish and immigrated to Canada because uh, it was just simply Canada was a kinder place to to the Irish um, there because the Scots and Irish built the whole country, and so it was uh, than it was in the United States, and so they they came later. So I think the last group, whoever it is kind of gets the the noogies culturally right, right right and so until they until they end up getting just kind of normalized and westernized i, mean, I say normalized but you know what i mean like yep. within our culture because yep. yep. I mean, we're a melting pot so like you come in and then when you're new you're not really as like everyone else and so that you haven't really kind of like melted in yep and so the, you live in distinct communities. You there's there isn't that mastery of the of the language and culture. And and I and I joke now because like most of my most of my neighbors in my in my uh, in my own neighborhood are are Indian and Pakistani, and they are more Western than I am. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it's it, it's it's really quite remarkable. So I think I think in in our country in particular, it's because like we're we've long long history, hundreds of years, not hundreds. Well, I guess hundreds is two, but of immigration, like just lots of aggressive immigration um, that a lot of other countries don't have. And you don't realize that until you've traveled to other countries and you find out how hard it is even to do business right, in right. those countries that like coming here is simply a lot easier than going to other countries. Um, so anyway, I think that's where they get uh, those uh, cultural noogies. I should write a book about that. Cultural yes. noogies. It's a, it's a pretty good band name too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. So anyway, our Polish counterparts unofficially assured us that this incident was merely a misunderstanding caused by the Polish military with no hostile intention. However, we are still expecting a formal statement. So the Polish soldiers are no longer present and our citizens can now visit uh, their uh, the sites around them more freely. And the spokesman said from the Czech Republic. So anyway. I, I, I could tell by the look on Steve's face and the, the look on my face, we were terrified of the joke that you were going to make at the end of that story. So I'm glad that you, I'm glad you, know, you the just thing ended is, the story. The thing is though, the threat of the joke, right. the threat of the oh, joke oh, yeah. was funnier, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so it's just one of those things. Definitely. It's not really kind of a Don Rickles. The best prank of... is a prank that never happens. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So that's the news, fellas. All right, uh, we're we're well over an hour anyway, and and given that we spent a good hour and a half talking about turkey and gravy at the top of the show, I feel like we should just go ahead and wrap this up. Before we go, a reminder: Christmas is coming, and the Dave and Steve Show will not disappoint when it comes to Christmas and our Christmas extravaganza. I promise. I guarantee, and this is a lofty guarantee, but I guarantee you've never heard anything quite like this before, and I guarantee it will entertain. Um, Steve does not have that same feeling. He's concerned it will not in entertain in any way, shape, or form, but I think it will. That's not that's not entirely true. I I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be great. I'm there's just there's one guy up there I don't want to run into, and. I think you guys know who I'm talking about. I yeah, just don't. I, I do. And um, I, I think it's been a long time. And I think you'd be surprised whenever I'm kind of regretting or not wanting to see someone that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm always a little surprised if I do run into them of how good a reunion it is. So even if we do, 
just be optimistic about it. But... Yeah, listen, times change, people change, elves change, Steve. Anything is possible. He is relentless. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just an awful awful person. He's probably he's probably <laughs> listening <Elf>. right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, so All right. I'm over it. I'm over so it. So we'll I'm keep you posted it. on that as far as when that show's co- come going to be posted. We'll keep you posted on when it's going to be posted. Be posted, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, tell a friend. Make sure they tune into the Christmas show as well. Let's see if we can drive our numbers up to much bigger than anything we've ever done on any, any other show. And in return, we promise we will give you at least 20 minutes of high-quality entertainment. At a bare minimum. Yeah. (laughs) Spaced out inside 90 minutes. Yeah. You'll have to to fish those 20 minutes out of that 90 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but you'll have a good time. Uh, All right. So we're going to wrap things up. Uh, Make sure you email us, thedaveandsteveshow at gmail.com. Steve, anything else to add? Nope. I'm I'm, I'm out. Tracy, how are you feeling? You feeling good with putting a bow on this thing? I really am. I really am. We're uh, our family's putting the uh, Christmas tree up tomorrow, and so I'm really getting into the holiday mood, and I can't wait to visit the North Pole. If for some reason you're not able to put that tree up, you've got parts missing or whatever it might be, come to my house. You can have one of my six. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right, for Steve, for Tracy, this is Dave. This is Dave. Like, what? Yeah. come on. I I've never. I feel like I'm, I'm okay with the intro. I never have figured out quite how to nail this outro, and it really does bother me. You say, I've been Dave. <laughs> <laughs> for Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on The Dave and Steve Show. <laughs> <laughs>